college football talk like you've never heard before. The pinky finger goes up the nose. From the tailgates. He is a terrible tipper and a terrible human. To the touchdowns. He's going for the corner. He's got it. We have everything covered. Place at the table. (laughs) Here are your hosts, Patrick Maher and Andy Staples. His squad is in the house. All right, it's place at the table. Patrick Maher, Andy Staples. You can download and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, PATT Podcast. It is, what is it, officially, Andy, week eight college football? How you doing, my friend? fast. It is it going fast. It's going way fast. And it's start to get it's starting to get me. Like we said last week, you look at the schedule, not a done a ton there, and then all of a sudden this week we've got games I popping we off. We told the people though. Tell the people. We told the people last week when we said, Oh, this week looks like a dog. You know what that means. Craziness. We, ensued. we said it on the show. We said you know what that means. Craziness right. will ensue. Um, all right, so there's a lot to get to, including Andy Staples, of course, Sports Illustrated is going to be on the road. He's going to Happy Valley. It's going to be a whiteout at night. Penn State hosting Michigan. And right now, by the way, do you? If I just tell you this number, does it sound big to you? It, that game opened Penn State a ten point favorite. It's now, I guess, they took a big bet in Vegas, so it's gone down to nine and a half. It doesn't surprise me. I- Michigan's offense has been so bad unless it suddenly massively improves I I don't see how they cover all right so we're gonna get into that game and when do you leave by the way because we're recording this on a Wednesday night so when do you generally get in town for your little assignments there it it depends I've got a radio show at 1 p.m. on Friday that sort of you know messes with the travel schedule because if I didn't have a show I'd probably just fly up Friday but since I've got that show and I don't want to worry about missing it or not being able to get there in time i'm flying up tomorrow night all right can i i want to ask you about because we do obviously uh that buyout life but there is there was a little wrinkle today i don't know how to say is that is it jurich at louisville yeah tom jurich yep okay so he was the dude obviously he brought in patino uh but also patino and he was ousted today. And it's like the Oprah Uma thing from the Oscars. Say, yeah, Patino, Patino, Patrino. Patino, Patrino. As I was saying it, I was like, am I saying that? Like, did I just get those? Did I do a remix on those two? Um, nope. But it, also, it sounds like that dude was shady. He was taking money for his kids in some odd, like, Well, he was making a way. ton of money, period. He was the second highest paid athletic director in the country. Doesn't Louisville so. have a ton of money? Nah, not a ton. Uh, they're going to have more now that they're in the ACC fully and, and they're getting more from the league. But he did a good job fundraising. He he got everybody on board. Now, there was some fighting with Papa John late, but, you know, he, he got some got some cash out of those donors. Yeah, fighting with pop, fighting with Papa. Um, okay, so the reason I bring it up obviously is he was the one. He he must have felt secure with his job at the time when he brought Petrino in because Petrino was uh, obviously going through some weird stuff. But does this- well, he he knew he, he knew he could get a winner for cheap and lock him into a massive buyout. Ah, uh. that's why that's why he did it. Because remember, Petrino screwed over Tom Jurich the first time at Louisville too. Yeah, and and George said in the press conference, he's like, "We got a lot of history. A lot of it's bad." I mean, because because Petrino was the guy like meeting with Auburn on the on the DL. Yeah, that's right. George thought he had a coach. Yeah. So you know, it's it's one of those things where George was a businessman. 
Maybe in the Jay Z sense, he wasn't a businessman; he was a business man. man. So he he understood that you know buy low, sell high, and you couldn't buy Bobby Petrino much lower than right after the motorcycle accident. This is a team that is being absolutely saved by Lamar Jackson. The offensive line plays, to, but they're not even being saved. They still point, lost to Boston College. And Boston College got a pretty good defense, but other than that, I mean, you can't lose to Boston College. But they are like so. Are will their the their warts be exposed? Lamar's obviously going to leave, but is is this going to be a bigger thing for the new AD coming in that may say, hey, aside from a very special player, it's not like your team is overachieving and maybe move on well, from Petrino. You're, assu- you're assuming Petrino's going to be there. So you know you know the the interesting thing about Tom Jurch being officially fired, right? No. Bobby Petrino's buyout is now contractually cut in half. Oh, it was tied to him. Okay. It that... was tied to Tom Jurch being the AD. So it goes from eight and a half million to four and a quarter. Okay, but let me to a, to a very affordable for an SEC program four and a quarter. Okay, but follow up on that as well. Is has Petrino rehabbed his image enough where a big time program would find him valuable? Depends on the school and how bad they want to win. Arkansas could be opening up. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't happening again. I I don't. I don't think it's to go back to the scene of the motorcycle accident. Uh, Auburn liked him that one time, but the the AD who who liked him. Well, it's a different AD now than than the one who liked him. David Housel liked him, but that yeah, they're they're not probably. I don't know if they're going to be in the market for a coach or not. It, Auburn's such a weird job. You're you're never safe at Auburn unless you're actually winning the national title. Okay, so so Petrino, it, that's up in the air, obviously, with George being fired. Now, there is a question I do have because uh, about Nebraska and Tennessee. If Nebraska and Tennessee, and I'm sure you've heard the Gruden rumors, the groomers, the groomers in Tennessee, which is why he's can coming I say back to real the, quick. He's going to go back to the NFL. If anything, no, he's not. He's not going to do anything. He's going to call Monday Night Football until he dies. I think he's the highest paid dude at ESPN. He makes like seven million dollars to work eighteen Mondays a year. Why on earth would you take a college job? So I'm going to give up seven million dollars. I think that's what it is. It might be more than that. I think it's a little bit more. To, to, to take less money to go to Tennessee where I have to take calls from snot-nosed 17-year-olds at midnight every night? Go sit in kitchens with random families? No. There's no chance. So how did these? Uh, how did the Gruden rumors get started? They started in 2008 after Fulmer got fired. Yeah, I remember them being back. To, but, but how did... I mean, the reincarnation. It's like because you Because it's a, it's a joke now. Oh, okay. And and people who have radio shows and who write columns on the web and, and that sort of thing, they will kind of seed the clouds with stuff like this every time the job opens just to have fun with the stupider people in the fan base. With the Tennessee job most likely opening up, I can't imagine Jones keeps his job. Uh, not, I mean... We've talked about it. And it then would be shocking. It, 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 before the South Carolina game, you said you thought he was out. After the South Carolina game, I would imagine it would be shocking. Nebraska, seemingly, it's going to be open as well. I, I watched the press conference to introduce their new AD, Bill Moose, and someone asked him a question about Mike Riley, and he was very diplomatic, but his answer certainly trended toward, I will... I know I will have to be finding a new coach here in a couple months. Oh, really? He tipped yeah. his he he kind of tipped his hand. I mean, 
just the way he answered the question. I, it just, it, I mean, it's it a no brainer. Seem like, yeah. I mean, look, it's Mike Riley's done it. Mike Riley needs to go back to Oregon state. If Oregon state will have him. So let me ask you all things considered equal. Just what job is bigger, Nebraska or Tennessee? They're both huge. The question, the operative question is what job is easier. And the answer to that is Tennessee because you are closer to more players. I guess I shouldn't say bigger, better. So that encompasses bigger and easier. They're, they're both huge. They're both really hard. Expectations are really high. The degree of difficulty is really high. But at least at Tennessee, you're three hours from Atlanta. And you cannot say that about Nebraska. Okay, so you're saying Scott Frost is going to be at Tennessee? Ha! <laughs> It is interesting because, you know, the old, the pull of the old alma mater, but this is a guy who turned down jobs when he was the OC at Oregon until he found a place that was surrounded by good players at UCF. He, that was a primary criterion for choosing that job. So why would it change just because one of the jobs is his alma mater? And as somebody asked me that on Twitter the other day, who would leave their all, you know, who wouldn't go back to their alma mater? I'm like, you just hired an AD who left his alma mater for you. And is you can speak on this, but wouldn't it be essentially a fishbowl in Lincoln? The idea like yeah. that is 12 yeah. months out of the year. It would but just Knoxville, be- Knoxville's the same or worse. Okay. Yeah, not Knoxville's a weird market. It is it's a big enough town to have like lots of talk radio shows and all three TV stations and all that. But the only thing anybody cares about is the Vols. All right, so then I figured it out. T. Martin goes to Nebraska, and then Scott Frost just ends up going to Tennessee. That would be amazing. That would be. <laughs> I mean, well, T. Martin's son just instead of going to Tennessee, went to Clemson. So why not? Well, Clemson did lose to Syracuse. Is Dabo in trouble? <laughs> I, okay. I feel like we talk about so many of these guys. <laughs> I think he's all right. Place at the table. What? All right, before we get into this weekend's slate, got some good games. What conference right now is best set up to produce two playoff teams? The SEC, but needs some help from Notre Dame. Because Alabama and Georgia, if they were both to finish the regular season undefeated, then play in the SEC championship, play like an overtime game in the SEC championship game, there would be a good argument to be had for both of them getting in. And that argument would be bolstered if George is the one that loses that overtime game that I mentioned. And Notre Dame is 11 and one or 10 and two, because it becomes very hard at that point to keep Georgia out because they would have the best non-conference win in the country. You know, it's funny because as an independent, Notre Dame is the ultimate wild card. We keep on talking yes. every week. It feels like in listen, if Notre Dame's 11 and one, if they get they're in this six game stretch, they are in. And if Georgia has one loss or less, they're in two in that case. So that tells you what's going on. But I don't think, I don't think Notre Dame's going to be able to get through this stretch and finish 11 and one. I just, it's too hard. Yeah, I, I mean, the USC this weekend, and then... I think they win this weekend. I think it's NC State or Miami that gets them. NC State, Miami, they still have Navy. Navy, yeah. They it's, still have it Stanford. Is, still, yeah, it is not easy. I mean, Stanford is playing like one of the best teams in the Pac-12 right now. Yep. You know, it's it's easy to forget that they lost to San Diego State, but the thing is that they keep getting better, and they win their division in the Pac-12, and it's a... 
two-loss Stanford against a two-loss USC, well, Pac-12 is not going to the playoff. And we'll talk about USC a little bit more. USC's, if you think about it now, USC's best win was that Stanford win. Yeah. Where they were the most impressive. Yeah, they looked fantastic. And a team that doesn't have a bye this year, but I will say it just it, – this attrition, this the, the season feels like it's it's wearing on USC more than any other team. Exactly, and and the fact that they have to play at Notre Dame the week after they played Utah, that's the one. Because I didn't I didn't know if they'd have a loss yet. I I called that week. I called the loss at Washington State just because of the circumstances that were going on with USC and the injuries. But before the season, the one I thought that they would really struggle with was at Notre Dame right after Utah, and. You know, Vegas agrees with me. I think uh, Notre Dame's a three and a half point favorite, but I, I just I will I will be very impressed if USC wins this game. We talked about the SEC, but I'll give you a scenario: Big Ten. So Ohio State wins out, and then they let's say they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Penn State finishes eleven and one. Ohio mm-hmm. State finishes eleven and I mean that like or, or, excuse me twelve and one because they won the Big Ten championship game. Uh, what happens there? Well, it depends on where Oklahoma is and what Oklahoma has done. Is Oklahoma 12-1 and and the Big 12 champ? Because that, that bodes very well for Oklahoma in that case. Is Oklahoma 9-3 and and didn't play in the Big 12 championship game? That's a very different situation. Wait, so TCU and Oklahoma State still yet to play? So that's also the Big 12 could be very interesting. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. There's so much left. And Oklahoma State's just sitting there. Everybody kind of wrote them off. I meant to say didn't play Oklahoma yet because obviously TCU beat Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. TCU and and, so they play in consecutive weeks. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, then Oklahoma, TCU. Nasty. Yeah. it, It is going to be a really interesting end of the season in the Big 12. They, they, and they, they backloaded it for drama, and they're going to get it. I think, the, I think the one conference we can completely eliminate as far as a playoff team would be Pac-12 at this point. I don't think you can eliminate them yet, but I think if Washington were to lose another game and Washington State were to lose another game, I think it would be fairly easy to eliminate them. The problem with Washington and Washington State right now is those aren't great losses. That that's I'm assuming the the USC loss to Notre Dame that I just mentioned. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah. All right, let's get into uh, the week. Now we don't have. I mean, l- last week we had the Friday games that were. I mean, th- th- those that Friday shook the landscape of college football this year more than any Saturday I, with a bunch of games. I wonder how much it inspired on Saturday. Somebody asked me that question today. How, mu- how much did the games of Friday inspire more upsets on Saturday? And, and it's an interesting thing to think about because, you know, when you have the, the players at the hotel on a Friday night, after they get done with their meetings, they just go watch the games. So it's entirely possible that every team in America – watched Clemson lose to Syracuse and then watched Cal crush Washington State and was like, eh, we can do that too. Provide a little motivation. Um, you've got – let's start on Saturday with the with the early, Maryland at Wisconsin. Maryland, who is just absolutely beat up specifically at quarterback, taking on a number five Wisconsin team, which is fascinating because Wisconsin really hasn't beat anybody. So if you're going to tell me, let's see, for example, what is, what's Clemson now ranked? This is why I don't really even look at the rankings. I, I don't even know. I have no idea. I, I, don't, I don't even know. I'm guessing they're beyond five. So this is what's so fascinating about these rankings, why I don't even look. 
if Wisconsin were to play Clemson this Saturday, they would be a ten point. They would be at least a double. Di- they'd be yeah. a, a huge favorite against Wisconsin. So these these rankings don't matter. I'll tell you what, Wisconsin Purdue because I gambled on it. I watched that pretty intensely, um, intensely and intently. Wisconsin could have gotten beat by Purdue. Yes, which you know I. I wonder that was at Wisconsin too. Nebraska's next game they get they're off this week, but their next game is is against Purdue. I don't like their chances. Wisconsin? No, Purdue, uh, uh, Nebraska against Purdue. Oh no, no Wisconsin's going to be fine. Wisconsin is going to win. I, I think Wisconsin might get to the Big Twelve cha- or Big Ten championship game twelve and zero. Okay, and Maryland Maryland's not going to really pose a threat. You don't think? No. Okay. How about Oklahoma State, the tenth, the tenth, uh, right now ranked number ten at Texas. Now, before we get to Oklahoma State and Texas, Texas that was a tale of two halves mm-hmm. against Oklahoma. Jumped out the gate. Oklahoma jumped all over Texas, and then uh, what's my man Urschweil? How do I pronounce his name? Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. He's got some moxie. That kid's tough. Yes, he does. He really is. It was fun to watch him play. And I, I, I don't know if he was hurt during that, but he is a fun guy to watch play. And then Texas, even up front defensively in the second half, kind of started taking over and really gave Oklahoma a ton of trouble. Yeah, I'll be curious with Texas's defense because there are times when it, it just falls apart and you can throw all over them, and then there are times when they look like a dominant defense. If they could put together one whole dominant defense game against Oklahoma State or TCU, they can pull an upset. If I were to say right now, who you got, Central Florida or South Florida? Central Florida. That's not even a question? I, their offense is just rolling. They're buzzsawing people. Okay, so they're going to take on Navy, uh, of course. This is this is the one they could lose. This, I was going to say, this is a tricky yeah. spot for them at Navy, and they're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I, sure, I certainly wouldn't lay the seven-and-a-half. No, 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 no. I mean, they may win, they may win the game, but I, I would not be confident in them to cover. Syracuse. All the glory. Syracuse coming off a huge win. Everybody's been playing the Barbers Babers post game. Uh, seriously, if you don't, it gets you fired up to play for the dude now. Absolutely, he's pretty impressive in those. And if, and if you're at a school that may be looking for a coach, you're probably watching that and going, "Hmm, a the team, guy we have doesn't inspire people, but this guy does." Miami squeaks by Georgia Tech at Miami. How many? If, okay. If you run that play a hundred times, how many times does he catch that? <laughs> I mean, ball? I, I was gonna say two, twice, two percent, three percent, yeah, maybe five percent. That's about it. Yeah, that was luck that they got past Georgia Tech. But the thing is, they got past them, and now Syracuse has to be the one trying to get back up after a huge win. This is where Miami was last week when they played Tech. I, I think Syracuse will probably have some of the same problems Miami had, you know, coming back after a big win. But Miami's got a much better roster. Yeah, and you got to think. I mean, that's for Syracuse. Remember, they've done this in year two of Babers. Last year, it was at Blacksburg, Virginia Virginia Tech. Tech. And this year, I mean, just the biggest win in forever for Syracuse in 30 years. So I don't know if if that's it for them, because that's emotionally, that's a lot to recover from. I I don't think that's it as long as... Eric Dungy's healthy. Dungy's a stud. You know, the, the reason they, they fell off last year was Dungy got hurt. If Dungy stays healthy, I think they're fine. I just think in this game, it's going to be a little bit hard. Was Dungy a recruit from before Babers? 
Yes, Dungey was signed by the old staff. Dungey was actually headed to Wyoming, and then Syracuse swooped in and and flipped him, and then Wyoming took Josh Allen. Because Dungey's tremendous. Yeah, he's fun he's, to watch. He's very good. He's from from Oregon. Really? Yep. And the Ducks didn't want him. No, no, he was recruited a little bit lower than that. Uh, Oregon figured out there there are a couple of good homegrown products later because they ended up taking Justin Herbert, but hmm. they they kind of missed on him. He would have been good there. Anderson couldn't use him at Oregon State. I Anderson. I don't think Anderson was there yet. Okay. Maybe that was. I think three. Riley was still there, and Riley was recruiting a little bit different kind of guy. All right, we have, you mentioned Oklahoma. We talked about Oklahoma a little bit earlier with the Big 12 talk. Oklahoma uh, going to Kansas State. We thought maybe Kansas State. Now, Ertz is, I think Ertz is still out for Kansas State, and we thought maybe Kansas State pushes TCU, but let's be honest, TCU was quite impressive last week. TCU looked good. Yeah. yeah. TCU is very well-rounded. Yeah. If you were going to get Hill to play, which I think that was what you mentioned was your biggest concern coming into the season looking at TCU. It was just and he's, the, he's turned out great. He's turned out really well. Yeah, I, I think they run very, the ball. They do everything. No, they, they do everything well. And you kind of wonder, will the defense continue to hold up against some of these offenses they're going to see? But it, it's holding up so far. Issues with Kansas State, Oklahoma? No, I think Oklahoma wins this game. I love because we get I love these type of shows because we get cocky and I was like oh that's nothing <laughs> like last week when I was oh, like I know. when no, when I said I think I said like oh Friday night Syracuse Clemson and you're just like no 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 move on well it, of course yeah, I mean no you, it's a huge you upset think about it I I don't get real fired up about upsets unless there, there's a lot pointing toward it like USC and Washington State you know it just didn't seem like there was that much pointing toward it so yeah you're right this this could be I mean. I miss TCU beating Oklahoma State completely. I thought Oklahoma State was just going to crush everybody in the Big 12. Is there a reason are you are you still on them because they still could be fine or is there a reason you've slowly come off of them? No, I am still on them. I I I, I just do don't know about their de- defense on a whole. Right. And also, can they not turn the ball over? I mean, they, they turn the ball over against TCU is why they lost. If they don't turn the ball over, they probably win they probably win a shootout there. So, you know, if they were to play again, which they might, do they cut down on the turnovers and, and, and control the game? And if they need a body, they got a head coach at 50. We talked about this on the show. But I mean, like, if that guy, Gandhi made Rudolph kind of look doughy. So if they need an extra body, I think, I think Gundy's ready to do this. He's 50. Gundy versus... Larry Fedora in the steel cage. Who you got? Who you got? Yeah. I got Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi. <laughs> Why not? You know what? I, I In that steel cage match, I'm going to throw in a name, and I'm going to take him. Joe, Joe Girardi has no knees. He was, in a, he was in a major league catcher for like 18 years. Fair enough. I'm going to still t- – I'll take Todd Graham. Because I just, you just, just even, like the Britney Spears headset. The, even though he's got, he doesn't wear anymore. Even though he's got the Timberlake headset, which is now not there, and he, it, there is a certain level of psychopathic look. At, like there's a psychopathic look in his eye See, that I don't why, think it that's matters. Why when when he coached, I always said Ron Zook would destroy everybody. See, I always can Ron Zook 
kind of felt to me he had a vibe like he could definitely hook me up with a good insurance premium. No, no, no. He no. didn't seem like you. I, I don't know. He just oh got, no, no, no. You know Ron's what he a, reminded me of? Wanstead, as far as just seeming goofy. No, no. Ron Zook had an edge. He had the, the, there was a little bit of a gleam in the eye that you're just like, ooh, I don't know about this guy. Yeah, but the it didn't quite work out at Illinois. He went. He took him to the Rose Bowl. What do you want? Wait, he Ron Zook took Illinois to the Rose Bowl. Did you just did you, did you just block out that year? Hold on a second. I'm, I, now I need to look this up. Though I almost Juice, feel I almost Juice feel Williams, like baby. I almost was well, Juice. You I just oh, made this up. Juice Williams was my guy. I almost feel like you made this up. Hold on. I did not. The Zucker. What's he doing now? He works for. I believe he works for the Packers now. He's a special teams coach. <laughs> they did lose in the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Subsequently, what after, do you want for the man? He took freaking Illinois to the Rose Bowl. Subsequently, he then went five and seven, three and nine, seven and six, and six and six. You it's know what? Illinois. That's, it's yeah. better than they're doing now. They might want to bring him back. That's yeah. not that bad. Juice yeah. Williams is awesome there. Uh. Okay. So let's go. LSU. Ole Miss. Interesting game. Very interesting because, you know, Coach O going back to to Oxford for the first time since getting fired. Now, he's played Ole Miss. They destroyed Ole Miss last year when he was the interim. Before but, you get into that, let me ask you about kind of this is this has been a pretty concerted thing by Ogeron. For those who haven't seen the press conference, he's been t- somebody asked him what he misses about uh, Ole Miss, and he said something like chicken on a stick at a gas station. <laughs> So, so this it was pretty obvious that yeah. he was trolling. Yes, uh, like and there is he there. Feel, he feels like he was treated pretty badly there. Does he? he I disagree with that. I think he was treated fine. He just didn't win enough games. Um, Did he now, share t- tissues with Houston Nut? Like, is this a thing that happens? Well, he he set up Houston Nut for success. He he had a couple good recruiting classes that Houston Nut turned into a couple nine win teams. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think when he says, like, the whole time he was there, he was wishing he could beat LSU. I know that plays to the base, but uh, just don't say that. So is LSU back officially now that you graced them with your presence last weekend? <laughs> I do not know if they're back. I do know that, that for one, one half, actually for two and a half quarters, they played defense like an LSU defense is supposed to play, and that's going to keep you in almost every game in today's SEC. All right. 21 Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas is in an absolute free fall right now. We, we've talked about Bielema. You, you think Long, who is the AD there, is, is kind of tied to him, wants him to do well. But it has been almost a shocking regression at Arkansas. Yes. They can't block. They, they can't, can't do the things the that his teams do. Right. right. They can't do the things that they were really good at just two years ago. And also, I don't think people realize how good Brandon Allen was. Mm-hmm. Brandon Allen was a really good quarterback. And it is hard at a, at a place like Arkansas, where you're the seventh best recruiting job in the SEC West, to get a really good quarterback. So they were very fortunate to have one. And they're learning how hard it is to to live without one. Auburn shouldn't have issues there, though, right? Shouldn't, but Arkansas, uh, Auburn's a little wounded right now. Plus, LSU kind of wrote a book on how to how to deal with them. Uh, although, I think 
part of the Auburn deal is they're going to out-athlete you in a lot of cases, and they just couldn't out-athlete LSU. Because they were, they were playing really well in the first half. LSU made one adjustment and, and shut down the run game. And Auburn didn't adjust back because I think Auburn's used to just being able to say, we're, we're superior athletes. We're just going to – you know what we're going to do, but it doesn't matter because you can't stop us. You know, it's interesting. Like, TCU had to go to Stillwater, had to go to Manhattan. They had to go on the road for a couple of th- – we mentioned Arkansas. Who knows ultimately what that win means. But TCU gets an off week this week as they host Kansas. You say that. Oh, stop. You say, Do you know what the score of the TCU-Kansas game was last year? I don't. I believe it was 24-23. Let me ask you what – I believe, I believe Kansas was winning in the fourth quarter. That was at Kansas. It was. Let me ask the, you the what s- the snake pit that is Lawrence, <laughs> Lawrence, Kansas. Uh, yeah, it's lit. What do you think the number is on Kansas at TCU right now? I had. Oh, I you had already know the, it. No, no, no. I didn't look at it. I had all the odds up, and then I just moved away from. Just that. pick. Just go ahead and take a wild uh, guess. TCU minus nineteen. Okay, TCU minus thirty-eight and a half. Wow, bet on Kansas. <laughs> the last three years. Kansas has come within six points or less. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. There, mm-hmm. I think Kansas's win total for the year was two and a half. Yeah, and they Something might only like win that. one this year. Two and a half, I believe. I, I don't even know. Would you put um, Beatty in in the conversation, or does it even matter enough? I, you know, if he's only winning one game a year, they might do something. He was a defensive. Where was he defensive coordinator before he no, went? No, no, he was the receivers coach at Texas A and M. He was a receivers coach. Was he high on anyone else's list except Kansas? No, he was a great recruiter. That's why they grabbed him. Okay. Um, okay, so that's TCU hosting Kansas. We wouldn't expect to see a ton. West Virginia at Baylor. Baylor's going to pop up now. Baylor almost grabbed Oklahoma. Does West Virginia have issues at Waco? I don't think so. I, you know, Baylor Baylor may have shot its shot against Oklahoma because it hadn't been real great since then. West Virginia's offense is so much fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. Greer is, is lighting it up, and then Gary Jennings and David Sills are very good targets to have. You don't think that Texas Tech – that's not considered a surprise, right, West Virginia beating Texas Tech? No. It was, at, it was in Morgantown. If it had been Lubbock, I might have give te- given Texas Tech a shot. Texas Tech I was, was ranked, but yeah. I was surprised that Texas Tech jumped out to a big lead like they did, but not surprised that West Virginia was able to, to come back on them. All right, how about this one? Washington State goes back home after opening with five and then obviously the terrible loss. Not terrible loss. It was just a putrid performance at Berkeley and Cal. I mean, think about that. That was offensively. How is it possible for that team to beat? Now, they didn't play great at Oregon. But d- d- offensively, is Cal just that good defensively? I don't think so, right? So I, how- I don't think so. Falk had a bunch of turnovers. That, that might have just been a perfect storm game. They probably they probably come back and they're okay. Is Colorado going to push them? I don't think so. I, Colorado's defense has been pretty bad all year. And this, and this game is in Pullman. Yeah, and it's a. T- I mean, t- to me, like right now, yeah, the, can, I, I'd be much more worried the following week when they go to Arizona and have to deal with Khalil Tate. Khalil Tate's a stud. 
It's insane. Out of nowhere. It's like, like Johnny football numbers. Unbelievable what he's doing. He's saving Rich Rod's job by himself. Yes, he is. Now, the question is, does this keep up? Can, can, can he do this week after week after week? Let's throw the pick plays. Let's throw That's some cash around me. this week. This is Patrick's well, pick Well, and Andy uh, on the two big games uh, of the weekend. And we'll start... Touchdown Jesus will go USC at Notre Dame. Right now, Andy, Notre Dame's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll take that one. So, go for it. Yeah, no, I'd lay the points. I I can see USC covering this game. Obviously, Notre Dame covering this. I I think Notre Dame's going to beat them. I I thought Notre Dame was going to beat them all along. And I I will be surprised and impressed if USC can, can... come back from what it's been dealing with and win this game. And you know what's like with Notre Dame, again, you talked about it with Brian Kelly's doing yoga. He's all changed. He's different. Yeah. And Wimbush is progressing. But He's different. He's got a better team. That's, he's he's and, not different at all, but he has a better team. And they can run the ball like crazy. Yes, they can. They have a great offensive line. Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson. and, and they're, they're stacked up front. Wimbush is, is very good. Adams is an excellent back, but they also have good tar- you know, good targets in the receiver. Pat- Equinemia St. Brown's fantastic. All right, so you've got Notre Dame beating USC this weekend. Yeah. Poor USC. It was supposed to be this was supposed to be Well, it. hey, if they win this game, that's great. That that bodes well for them in the future, but I just after the after getting pushed to the very end by Utah, I just can't see it. All right, and then we move. You're going to be in attendance, right, at Happy yeah, Valley? I will. After we give, after we talk about this game, I want to go around the Big Ten, and we're going to go first to last as far as in-game and on-campus experiences. Okay. Okay? We're going to have Andy Staples with his uh, comprehensive list. But this game's interesting. You mentioned it. We're going to find out how good Michigan's defense is. Uh, that defense is ridiculous. However, equally ridiculous is the quarterback play right now. But it's going to be interesting to finally see a ridiculously explosive offense take on that Michigan defense and see what happens. Yes, and I do think they score enough because I don't. I don't think Michigan's offense is going to be able to score enough, or you know, keep Michigan in a decent enough spot in the field position game. And that's the that's the part people forget. When your offense stinks, you put your defense into some horrible situations. So, as good as Michigan's defense is, they're going to have to deal with that Penn State offense in some on some short fields. And if that happens, I, I just don't see how Michigan holds up. Point to one game for the reason I wouldn't lay nine and a half or ten points. I don't think it's going to get up to ten. The, the Iowa game, the Penn State Iowa game, is that the one? But, but I'd go back to last year. And the horseshoe, and Michigan lost that game, but I, they probably deserved to win that game. Oh, they should. They threw two pick sixes. Yeah, you take and, away the two pick sixes, they win the game. And they were they were big time. They were dogs in that game. And I just, I don't know. This is an opportunity for Michigan. Obviously, an opportunity, but it, how much will the atmosphere play? Because I want you to give a listing. But how, what is it like there at Happy Valley with the whiteout at night? I've not been to a whiteout there, but it, the atmosphere normally is pretty intense. So I imagine it's going to be pretty, you know, pretty intimidating. But you know, Michigan's used to this. They played at the Horseshoe last year. They, they've dealt with this before. 
I don't think that's going to bother them as much as just having to defend Penn State's offense. So you've got no, but you're not going to lay the nine and a half, would you? I might. Really? Even with yeah. your boy, even with your boy Brown's defense throwing some exotics at him. I because I I just worry that Michigan's offense is going to throw some picks and set you know. Penn State's going to get the ball on the Michigan 25 a couple times or something like that. That That's the part that scares me with Michigan. Place at the table! All right. Well, people love when you rank things. Let's rank some things. All right. Let's. I'm going to go literally across the whole Big Ten. Okay. With in-game combined with campus. No, I, haven't, I haven't been to all of them. Then we're gonna then those are you just leave those out. So yep. those are in game combined I'm sorry, with Purdue, Indiana, and Minnesota. You haven't been to West Lafayette. I have not. And you, now I've been I've been to Minneapolis, so I can I can give you a feel on on Minnesota's campus, but not not their game day. Well, why don't you just start start with the ones that jump out as ridiculously fun, great in game and campus experiences. So I think I think Penn State is probably the the most intense campus. Ex- campus plus in-game experience now it's it is far from anywhere it's hard to get to but it's a beautiful campus the game the the stadium itself is full and rocking their student section is is really awesome they're always into the game so i i think that would probably be number one Okay, there's going to be a surprise or two in here but i'm getting number two's got to be between ohio state or michigan wisconsin Ooh. Best town by far. That's what I always hear. I've never, I've never visited. Yeah. Best town game, game in stadium atmosphere is just fine. It's actually not a good tailgating environment because it is in the middle of a city. People are parking in parking garages. It's not like Penn State where it's all spread out and and you can park and set up all your stuff. But it is, it is very good. Um, number three. Well, I go Ohio State here. Just it's it's a huge stadium, nice campus. The big house is small now. Really into it. The big house is fine, but it's a pretty genteel crowd. It's it's very, I don't know. It is, and you know what else? It's a little bit. It is wine and cheese because you know how their major uh, tailgating is across the street at the golf at the the golf course. course. Yeah, Yeah, and it is like legitimately rich people with wine and cheese. Like I might put Michigan State above Michigan. East Lansing's tailgate scene is ridiculous. It's It's a good tailgate scene. In stadiums, great. I've been there when they won on a hail mary. I mean, it it's it's pretty awesome. It's a fun place to watch a game. The thing about the big house is. It's weird when you're in there. It's it looks like a vast sea, but it doesn't go up high where you feel right. like you're it on feels, top of the it field. Feels small because it's it's dug into the ground. Right. So it actually when when you drive past it on the street, you don't realize that's the largest stadium in America because it just doesn't feel that way. So, and but the town of Ann Arbor is amazing. Oh yeah, fantastic! What every college town should be. Does it try? You go Ann Arbor. Okay, so let's just be f- fair to Ohio State and Michigan. You go in-game experience at the Horseshoe over the Big House. Yes, but you got it. Is, is Ann Arbor better than Columbus? As a college town, sure, but Columbus has its charms. I mean, Columbus has Columbus is a nice town. They got some cool stuff going on. You know, that High Street area is really nice. The, the short North District, and then they've got some some cool restaurants popping up. So. 
I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like Columbus, the town, isn't great. It's just if you're looking for that quintessential college town experience, Ann Arbor gives you that. All right, let's get to the next Big Ten in-game and town experience. You mentioned East Lansing. East Lansing is that some? Is that its town and experience in game that you put over something like Lincoln? Whew. So Lincoln is a great town and a great experience. In fact, I I, I might put Lincoln. Uh oh. Above the big house. Michigan. I might put Lincoln right right beneath Ohio State. My Michigan friends are just getting crushed tonight by Andy State. Well, it's it's because the big house is not that great of an environment. Ann Arbor is a great town, but Lincoln is a great town, and Memorial Stadium is a wonderful environment. Maybe one of the I mean one of the best in college football. Hmm. I've always wanted to go. Oh, it's outstanding. It's they are the nicest people. So nice. Is East Lansing the drunkest? No. Madison's got to be really drunk, too. Madison's probably the drunkest, but East Lansing's not far behind. So, next I go Iowa. Iowa, Iowa City's an awesome town, and you've seen what that atmosphere can be like at night. The The Children's Hospital thing is just amazing. I yeah, love, that I was that. that was one of the coolest things I've seen. That was ridiculous. And I don't have much going well, for the other ones. Well, then I'll just give you a few, and then you tell me. You I've, ha- I've been to Maryland, but that's the only other one I've been to a game at. Is there anything about the experience at Maryland that stands out? I mean, you can get on the Metro and go out in D.C. after the game. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, so you can go to a Wizards game, but that's we're talking. Okay, how about, have you been to Indiana, or did you say no? I, I have not been to a game there, so no. And not you haven't been to Minnesota either? I've been, to, been on the campus, but have not been to a football game there. What's campus like, Minnesota? It's really nice, uh, kind of across the river from downtown Minneapolis, and and for it, the proximity to downtown Minneapolis makes it makes it great because it's got its own campus feel that you know where it is, but then across the city across that that river is one of the coolest cities in America. You didn't get over to a game when Shiano was chopping wood at at Rutgers. <laughs> no, because I was not covering. I was not on the national beat back then. I was. I think I he. Was, by the I way, was a newspaper writer. I think he legitimately had like half a tree in the middle of the locker room. Yeah, you got to chop that wood. And well, and then the Jacksonville Jaguars tried to copy that, and the punter, you know, <laughs> just chopped himself with an axe. Northwestern. I mean, I from what I hear, the campus is gorgeous. The campus is beautiful, right on Lake Michigan, uh, but have not been to a game there, so couldn't couldn't speak to the atmosphere there. But I mean, look, you're in a nice, one of the nicest suburbs of Chicago, and Chicago's right there. Yeah, from traditionally waking up and having a Northwestern on every Saturday in a noon game, the the in game experience doesn't seem to be overwhelming. No. No. no, Ryan Ryan Field does not look like it's it's setting the world on fire. All right, we generally now we'll do what's good on uh, Sunday's podcast here, Place at the Table. Uh, do you have an idea of where you will be eating? No, not yet. I need to do some research. I'll probably get some ice cream at the Penn State Creamery just because that place is is outstanding, never disappoints. Death by Chocolate is a uh, is probably the the order there, but. I don't have a go-to spot in State College, so I may try to find one. I have a lot. So I have to host a radio show from 6 to 9 a.m. on Saturday. And my hotel is back in Harrisburg, so I'm not going back to my hotel. So I'm just going to hang out in State College that entire day. So 
I got until 7.30 when the game starts. So I guess, I, I'm imagining I can grow up some grow up while I'm there. Well, we can do that. For those that hear the podcast and see it embedded in your SI column, but don't know that you also host on SiriusXM ESPN, ESPNU. That's right. What time are you going to be on Saturday? 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. 6 to 9 Eastern. So that's, hold up. 3 to 6 in the morning my time? That's correct. You <laughs> okay. will be sound asleep. I will not. It will not hurt my feelings if you don't listen. I will catch it on demand. Oh, sounds good. All right. So we didn't know what we were going to learn, but we learned a lot last week. Right yes. before. I mean, literally the day after we dropped just this. Just ignore everything I say and just watch the games. Is Clemson, Syracuse, is that? Because I was asking you, was Oklahoma in Norman hosting Iowa State? Was that the biggest shocker? You said yes. Syracuse at home beating Clemson even bigger? No, I think the Iowa State going to Norman and winning is still a bigger shock. Because the the Syracuse game is also on a Friday night. So road favorite on a Friday night, I'm never particularly confident in, even if it's Clemson. But... I, I still think the more shocking, if you just break down all the different factors, the more shocking is still Iowa State going into Norman. Okay, so just looking ahead to the headlines, it, it appears to me from what I hear from you, Andy, we're going to be saying the confusion ensues. Like, USC gets beat by Notre Dame, so Notre Dame continues to be in the in the conversation for right. the playoff. Um, you know, Alabama and Georgia are still there. You've got Penn State beating Michigan. And then we're going to look ahead to next week when Penn State right. takes on Ohio State. Yeah, because if they beat Michigan, we don't know what that means. Because they could go lose to Ohio State the next week. Michigan could beat Ohio State later. I It doesn't... Nothing's going to get solved this week. In fact, we may have more questions when it's over. Syracuse at my... Is Miami just going to quietly be creeping around the corner? Could be. Could be. How about that, huh? And Clemson losing to Syracuse makes you think, oh... You know what? Maybe they're not invincible in that ACC championship game situation. Besides, they got to get past NC State first. Can the West is Wisconsin going to pose a threat to the East in that very, Big Ten championship game? Very well could. You're very calling well your could. shot right now. I'm not saying they're going to win. I just I just think it's going to be more interesting than people think. All right, Andy. Enjoy Happy Valley. Travel safely. You can find Andy on Twitter. At Andy underscore Staples. You can find us on Twitter at PATT Podcast. Download and subscribe. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And check us out, PATTPodcast.com. Last words from you, my friend. If you know State College well, hit me up on Twitter, Andy under, at Andy underscore Staples. I have a 6 to 9 a.m. show, which means I need to eat a massive breakfast afterward Ooh. To, to decompress. Tell me where I need to eat breakfast in State College. A breakfast review this week. I like that. He's hungry. Hit him up. I love breakfast. Andy underscore Staples. All right, man. We'll talk to you. All right. It's Place at the Table.